1: Great to
2: have in on a Thursday. It's Hale Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. Hope you're well. And off to a, uh, well, a fun and eventful weekend. Number to get in, 489-1240 or 800-825-5865. Elijah, you're in the working world, so uh, the weekend can mean a lot of things for you. Connor, does Thursday night still constitute weekend? For the college class, I am
3: I would say uh, so.
2: drifting further and further away from the wonderful years of enrollment in Nebraska.
3: <laughs> I would say you can make the argument it starts on Wednesday. Okay, but. so
2: you guys have shifted it back. Did you shift it back five, six years ago? No. To, to Wednesdays? No. <laughs>
0: no. I, I I don't know if I was out of the loop, but I always thought the weekend started on Friday. <laughs> well. Well, there's usually some Actually, specials that go on Thursday There nights. There was the one semester where I didn't take any Friday classes. All my classes were Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday with none on Friday. That was my favorite semester of college because oh, that may have been so the, nice. the only yeah. semester of college where I really took advantage of the old... Uh, Penny pictures,
2: happy hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: and I still had this show on Friday afternoons.
2: But he had enough time to shake the cobwebs exactly. cob off and go get a sweat in in the morning.
0: Exactly. T- 22 uh, year old Elijah was different than twenty-five year old Elijah. <laughs> God, yeah, you're so old. <laughs> hey, it it happens quick. Trust me, bud. <laughs> Trust me, bud. Enjoy that twenty-two year old liver while you got it.
2: Right, and and you know, after four thousand years of marriage, it feels like. And I'm not knocking it. I mean, I'm I'm happy to be married to the bunny, but. She, uh, she called me, she's, she's a nurse. So she works three 12 plus hour shifts. And she was like, well, we can't really go eat for Valentine's day. And I'm like, uh, bummer, you know, I don't get (laughs) to drop a a ton of money on dinner, but she's like, well, we can go get a drink. And there's a place over by our house that has this uh, raspberry wisp that she thinks is legendary. Truth be told, I could probably make it as well or better. But she wants me to go spend like twelve ninety five for one it's, for her. It, it's it's the it's uh, the, the atmosphere. Right. Well,
0: the atmosphere.
2: The atmosphere was two or three single ladies having a a beer <laughs> down the bar from us. You mean my dream women
0: sitting <laughs> there enjoying a beer?
2: No, they they had a giant. And you didn't invite me. They had a giant burger. They had apps, and yeah, I mean th- these gals. You would have had. Um, you wouldn't have complained.
0: And he didn't invite
3: me. Well, see, see my, my Valentine's day. Yeah, I didn't get invite either. So this next time, time <laughs> God,
2: sweetie, I'm I'm gonna call Connor uh, and Elijah. They're gonna they're gonna join us.
3: Well, all we need is the ride, and then we'll just leave you guys alone when we get there, and then we'll get the ride back. We just need an occasional wingman from you. That's oh, all yeah. we need.
0: Yeah. Um, I am not that. <laughs> Never have I been. My, my Valentine's Day though, I, I thought I, I thought I had a good plan in place. I thought I had a really smart plan in place, being the the single guy. Is Connor single? Did as you well. find
2: you freeze
0: his phone? That's a better idea than my plan. <laughs> um, One of
3: my professors called yesterday Single Awareness Day, which I thought was pretty good. Okay. So no, I'm rolling with that. And,
0: and this was my thought, you know. After I get off work, I'm gonna go home, eat, eat myself some dinner, and then I'm gonna go to the gym. Mm. Because oh, this, is, this okay. is my thought. This
4: is well. This is
0: well, well thought out, right? Because what woman would go to the gym on Valentine's Day aside from a single woman? You know, it it takes away any, one uh, hates you know, hates especially her in the evening. That's potential too, and that's still a win, Schmitty. Um, <laughs>
3: <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> and this plan was well founded. It was really smart. Until I show up to the gym, all dudes in there. Oh uh, awesome. yeah, because all dudes
3: in there. You forget. They're all wired the same. Uh-huh. I, they all had the same idea. Like, yeah. come on.
0: So that plan did not work out well for me. But alas, we, we make it on to Thursday. No new numbers have been put into Elijah's phone, but we roll forward. And he's and stuck with us. We'll continue to, thought, to send prayers up there. Uh,
2: everyone, everyone said, hey, let's go see if there's some, some gals we can uh, get friendly with, and maybe we go have a drink after work, working out.
0: Yeah, right. no, it didn't didn't happen. So, it's we'll not get, for me, maybe we'll, somebody in there did, but well, we'll get
2: a uh, roll call going. Brandon Vogel with us from Counter Reed counterreed.com, get his take and he's kind of ran and crunched some of those S&P numbers with Nebraska. Interesting, look see at right now when you look at home field and uh, road games for Nebraska, some of those projected point spreads where Nebraska's favored, and underdog, uh, that, that win total, we hammered pretty good. It's been a blur Tuesday. Yeah, we hammered Tuesday the the, the, the win total for Nebraska at 7.5. So we'll dive further into that with Brandon Vogel. In hour two, we'll check in with Gary Barnett, uh, get his take on uh, Nebraska in year two. That was a theme today with the uh, podcast, Reese Davis and uh, Mr. Pete Thamel. Had a chance to have their pod drop with Matt Rule, about 40 minutes.
0: And to give po- proper credit, it's the College Game Day podcast. We'll give the free shout-out because we are, you know, getting some great, great talking yeah, points it's, from them. Yeah, it's so. good content. We'll, sh- we'll shout them out.
2: We'll have some of that those excerpts coming up from the College Game Day podcast. Numbers to get in, again, four eight nine twelve forty. You're going to email chris at alevarsity.com. You want to watch the show and participate uh, and be a part of it. You're welcome to do it with the Hale Varsity YouTube channel or Hale Varsity Radio, Twitter at HVarsity Radio. So without further ado, just to reset it, if you're new or you, you want to know what we do to kind of ease into things, we do roll call. We give a starting five, our shout out to the first five folks in the stream. You have the artist formerly known as KG Kids for Life. He was first. He got in at three twenty eight today. Andrew checks in at second. Elijah uh, in at third. Um uh,
0: <laughs> and I love his comment. Yeah, to start let's, off. let's
2: uh <laughs> let's get to that comment. Elijah's comment, let's Get rid of the nightmare that is known as Little Red.
0: I Like how 30 minutes before the show he just comes off the top rope with that. He's absolutely <laughs> right. You know, the, can, n- can, nobody else was talking about Little Red in the chat. He just <laughs> comes in at 3:30 and says, "You yeah. know what?
3: <laughs> can you guys help me understand as an out-of-state person? I know I've been a school I here." No, I don't three know why years. we have it. No, but why does everybody hate him?
1: Oh, oh this is I where still we're don't me. understand <laughs> it.
3: Everybody despises Little Red.
2: I can't politically correct in a, in a politically correct way, give you that
3: answer. Okay, I'll wait till after the show. Okay,
1: uh, it's,
2: it's 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 okay. You've got Herbie, and Nebraska fans. Listen, I'm proud. We in Nebraska, you either are or have somebody that has
3: rural well, background. I think Elijah just answered the question for me. Okay, have you seen him? Yeah, uh, right. Maybe. maybe I, mean, I it's, have, yeah. it's,
2: it's this blow up doll with his hat
0: backwards. Okay. And, As Colin Coward would say, he's a backwards hat kind of guy. Sure, yeah. and, and
2: he bounces on his head, and he, the kids love him, and that's fine. If, if he's there to, to help younger Husker fans or younger people at Nebraska games become Nebraska fans, so be it. But he just kind of looks dumpy and dorky. Yep.
3: And on top so of the f- – It strictly looks
2: – Well, I mean, what's he do? I mean, Herbie I can at know. least clap, right? He's got a <laughs> corn cob. He's had uh, the the uh, Abercrombie and Fitch makeover from time to time. That's true. Steve Peterson again, and then you have that. You have the blow up doll. And if you do your research, uh, there was a concert that Tom Green did at Memorial Stadium. This was late nineties. Tom Green, familiar with him? Yes or no? You see the movie Road Trip?
3: I've I've heard of him. Yeah.
2: Right, but this is he had a, a, a you know fifteen minutes or so comedian slash tom green show on mtv and and he's he was kind of the guy in the late 90s kind of funny and and he came and did a, a concert that probably ruffled some feathers and there was an act uh, done to little red
3: <laughs> oh no
2: <laughs> that we all thought as students was hilarious <laughs> <laughs>
3: But I don't know how the rest of
2: the faculty or uh, chain of command felt. Oh uh, yeah. But long and short, there's Little Red, and then there with Herbie. You. I mean, Herbie Nebraskans don't mind how Herbie Lurk le- looks, but there's probably a, a stigma or perception. Oh, look, it's the uh, the psycho farmer in overalls, right? So um, that that's that's kind of my outside looking in because I was asked about it by some. Outside of Nebraska folks at one time.
0: In, in, in my place, being the person that Lil Red was originally marketed to, I think. Yeah, but he was a did, child. Did it at the time. endear you to Nebraska or did it frighten you? As a child, I liked Lil Red. I thought he was funny jumping around on his head. And the older I get, the more I just have to realize, you know what? Lil Red is for the kids. I can't get my panties in a wad about it. Um, yeah, I'm not, about it, I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it. Elijah is, and
2: that's okay. I don't,
0: I don't think <laughs> Lil Red is a great. From a mascot perspective, representative of the state of Nebraska or the University of Nebraska, I think he looks kind of stupid. He's not threatening or cool in any way, shape, or form. But at the end of the day, Lil' Red is a child mascot that is somehow bigger than Herbie. That's another thing that kind of grinds my gears. He's supposed to be a child, yet he's two feet taller than Herbie. What's up with that? He's inflatable. But I digress. Not for me. Lil' Red is for the kids. I, as a kid, like Lil' Red. I'm sure the kids today like Lil' Red, and we'll leave it at that.
2: Um, Stuart Mandel put out a tweet when it comes to ea ncaa football 2025 the tra- the trailer is out i have not played uh, college football since the 2002 season and that's just me not doing the video game thing but i i loved my uh my i formation option attack with jamal lord and, Glo- and garth glissman of the o2 team think about it though schmitty
0: Junior's about to move out, go off to college. You might have plenty of free time to play NCAA football here. I, I don't
2: know how because he'll take every gaming system and he has about every one with him.
0: Come to my place. We'll have a little tournament.
2: Okay, uh, 15 bucks to get in.
0: I was going to go more, but we, okay. we feeling cheap. <laughs> We've
2: got the mark. He's here. So is what Stuart Mandel tweeted out true? If you go dynasty mode, you can lose your entire class. Uh, due to transfer, if your court if your coach leaves, you have to deal with NIL money. You can be ousted out of a power five because of the conference you're in because of TV rights deals. Is this him
3: being that's got to be like a prop
2: poking a bear, or is this true? I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, what, how will the dynasty mode work? Will it be as cutthroat and real as it is today in college
0: well, they're, football? Well, NIL is going to be a factor yeah. in this, and, and schools will have different NIL resources. I've already planned out my first dynasty mode in the new NCA football game. I'm going to make fake promises in terms of NIL that I can't keep to get a loaded class in. They're going to play for me for one year, half of them transfer out. I'll make some playing time promises and some national championship promises. So you're that just going to lie. Keep. Yeah, it's, it's college football. So I mean, college football is built on, is it not? You feel like
3: people are gonna <laughs> some places. You're you're gonna get you know that reputation at some point, right? That it's it's not gonna be all sunshines and rainbows after year three, because mm-hmm. everybody knows that you're not promising anything. Mm. I think you, I think
2: you uh, you you go the rule route, and you kind of let them know you get what you earn, and uh, here's what we see for you, and you're you're straightforward.
0: What's the fun in that?
2: Well, it's a lot more fun than having to hustle and figure out uh, we are depleted on seven different position groups. They all left because we all lied to them. No, uh, treat them like uh, humans and and move forward.
0: So sometimes you just got to do what you got to do to turn around to UCLA. Well,
2: uh, <laughs> and I don't know that Deshaun Foster will, will go with the uh, – the uh, the the broken promises round. <laughs> so let's hear from Matt Rule. Let's get into some football. And oh, we were gonna we did some roll call, didn't we? We, we, did, we, we did. stopped. We hold on, we stopped. That, we that's, stopped short. That's
3: oh, yeah,
0: right. Elijah threw us
3: off. Yeah, the he right. did.
2: We, we went we went uh, sidetracked. There.
3: I needed my little red explanation. Yeah,
2: Joe uh, make that Jeff. Jeff comes in fourth. Brandon, what's up? He is fifth. Nebraska grandpa six. Tuck in at seven, and Tuck excited about the uh, the rule audio. There's so much of this that we won't have time to get all of it in hour one. We'll have plenty of hour two. The artist formerly known as KG Kids for Life. I want to play the Bobby Petrino or you freeze career model. That, that's hilarious. <laughs> or you just keep job hopping and making lots of zeros after your contract
0: oh no you've crashed your motorcycle <laughs> <laughs>
2: call administrative assistant wait she's on the back of said motorcycle Oh no. okay uh let's get to rule we'll talk with vogues here in a moment uh year one to year two that improvement uh reese davis started off asking rule about you know what gives you that uh, that outlook here what what can you expect your year one to year two
5: well, I, I would say just the fact that like when I pull in the building in the morning, everyone knows, you know, kind of what to expect. Um, that first year is so hard, you know, it, You know, young people, they want to do a good job. You show up, they, they don't know who you are. They don't, you know, you go out to the workouts, they don't know where to line up, where to stretch. So I would say the familiarity um, with what we're doing, even though half of our team is probably new, they weren't here this time last year. Um, just having some veteran guys that know, know the deal, know what to do. Um, that's probably the biggest improvement. And then, uh, you know, the players have moved into a brand new, I mean, we have a $165 million building that uh, probably, probably I don't, I, if it's not the best, it's one of the best and probably is the best. And uh, the guys are in there now. So, so when they get done, you know, doing mat drills and pulling sleds and all that stuff, they can go recover in, uh in, in state of the art place, which, you know, to me, I've always felt like if you, if you train them hard, you have to, you have to rest them hard. So.
2: So that is Matt Rule, and we'll hear from Rule throughout this show with his college game day podcast appearance today. About forty minutes with Reese Davis and Pete Thamel, and just to kind of give you an overview here, uh, the the transition from what you learned and took from the NFL to Nebraska, uh, you know, the biggest attraction here to, to being a college coach. Because guys, we've seen. Things tipped on its ear with head coaches taking lesser roles and, and still getting paid. Uh, that topic is tackled, uh, what makes you a great rebuilder? Uh, Matt Rule will answer that question. Expectations for Dylan Raiola and uh, also Tony White and some, some funny anecdotes with, uh, with Reese and Rule about Trev Alberts because Reese worked with Trev quite a few years uh, at ESPN, rules spent time with uh, with Trev, of course, and uh, pretty nice to, to hear that a uh, little inside baseball. Brandon Vogel, Counter Reed, up next. Great to be with you on a Thursday. Tail Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Lager.
4: and now
3: and now back to hail varsity radio thanks for
2: spending time out of thursday it's hail varsity we're powered by cornhead lager chris schmidt elijah herbal connor clark we welcome in brandon vogel counter read counter com. and Voges, how we doing how's your thursday
4: I'm doing pretty well thursday's going going all right so no complaints
2: you know, Connor had a question last segment before we get into to S&P and your latest column with Counter Reed. Did I misstep or were you feeling the, the lack of love as well, being a Nebraskan and your, your view on Little Red? That was kind of our, our same era when Little Red got introduced. We had listener Elijah in the stream Ask, you know, why, why is there a Little Red? And, and Connor kind of had the same question.
0: We had co host Elijah, who was uh, the target audience of Little Red back whenever he was released. Not stump for Little Red, but kind of explain. I just, I I tolerate Little
2: Red because I just don't know. You
3: can't get rid of him. What he, he's inevitable.
2: Connor's, Connor's going to put a hit out. He's not for you. He's not
3: for you guys. It's simple as that. Yeah. What,
2: what, or are you not interested, Vogue's? The look I'm getting on the stream is just (laughs) staring through me about Little Red. Uh,
4: No, I've never, I've never, uh, I've never been the target demo for Little Red and, and therefore I've never, um, well i've also never liked him like he's not cool like i guess maybe if you're a kid he's fun
6: mm-hmm.
4: or he was fun and what when was he introduced like 2003 2004 somewhere 90s, around there. or was it
2: early or was, yeah it was the tom green
4: era late 90s i think okay late 90s uh, <clears throat> like it was kind of cool then because i think nebraska was one of the first schools to have an inflatable mascot such as that and like Seeing the things he could do, it, it, but it was kind of a one-trick pony. It was like, okay, yeah, he can bounce on his head. Um, what else? <laughs> <laughs> and, and the what else? The what else was was kind of nothing. I mean, I would I would put it this way: like, <clears throat> there are no radio segments, there are no Reddit threads, there are no blogs um, about how much people love Low Red, right? Like, I mean, surely those people must be out there because it's still around. But I think the majority opinion on this is this little red sucks, and if that's the case, I think our Nebraska, title I think Nebraska should just steer into that because the one thing Little Red is is like extremely memeable. So like, just make him a villain and do it yourself. Like, do all this stuff in house. Like, yeah, it goes against kind of the like standard kind of marketing uh, play here. But I, I think that's the move. Like, make make Little Red an internet phenomenon but like instead a, of just the mascot that people are like, yeah, why is he still around?
0: Make, make him a lovable menace. You know, the old cartoon, Dennis the Menace? Yep. Make Little Red like that. Just give yep. him, like, little angry eyebrows, and you're done. It's an easy rebrand.
4: Well, I mean, everybody says he's, like, terrifying, and he has, you know, dead eyes. So, like, steer into
1: it.
0: On uh, the next day. His, uh, his, his eyes remind me of John Elway when he was handing off the Super Bowl trophy <laughs> to the, the Kansas City Chiefs. There's a smile on that face, but there's nothing behind no, those trying, eyes. I'm trying to transport that. Lights to are
3: on, Nobody's place. home.
1: Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> Vogues, let's uh, get into the S&P ratings. And uh, well put, uh, like a, uh, a box of chocolates you got on Valentine's Day. And Nebraska checks in 39th in the country. Uh, I will take that and run because he can go up versus the other way versus never achieving that number at the end of the season, 10th in the big 10, but yeah, you, you kind of put some pen to paper with point totals and spreads and projected favorite favorites uh, or, or underdog games. And we apply all that into um, the seven and a half uh, win total out of, uh, out of uh, Vegas or I should say fan duel. But what did the S and P uh, tell you? And, and what do you like about some of these, Uh, Intriguing matchups right now. You look at the fact that the the lines are a lot of them are in favor of, of Nebraska, except, you know, you're you're underdogged by 22 and you're underdogged by eight and a half. Those are the biggest numbers along along with plus eight at Iowa. I mean, you could make a case here early, early number wise that take the overs on that seven and a half.
4: Yeah, so um, so we know from FanDuel at least, like Nebraska's win total was set at seven and a half. And one of the things, part of the reason I look forward to rankings like this is you can you can take these numbers and come up with a point spread, and then you can look up how often do you, does a seven and a half point home favorite actually win, and see that it's a you know seventy percent of the time or whatever it is, and, and create some win probabilities from that so when you do that for all of these games which i which i did in today's newsletter on on counterreve.com nebraska pencils out to 7.3 wins which if you're rounding that up to the nearest half which is where vegas is going to put any number uh you're you're a 7.5 so so do you take the over on that um to to, you know to your question there there schmitty Mm -hmm. i i personally would but it's 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 a close call. I think having the point spreads allows you to see. And again, it's February. You know, this is a statistical model, but a statistical like statistical models. You know, they're proven out over years. Like if it's a bad model, like it'll get it'll get washed out. Um, mm-hmm. If it's just not accurate, and so you see that and. We, we can look at Nebraska's schedule and run down run down the teams that it faces and be like, oh, yeah, this is a pretty, pretty good start to the year. I, I don't think, unless I'm missing one off the top of my head, um, I don't think they're an underdog until they face Ohio State after the first bye week, which that's that's a big deal because um, that's what, game seven, game mm-hmm. eight, game, game eight. seven, I think. Game eight. Um, so that's, that's kind of the lay of the land and – you know, when you look at, okay, Nebraska's at 7.3 wins by, by SB plus seven and a half by FanDuel. What that really means is like probably about two thirds of the time, it's going to be between six and eight wins. Um, so would, <laughs> if you ask Husker fans today, Hey, six and six, would you sign up for it? I think most probably would based on where Nebraska has been at.
0: My question though, Brandon is, is with the S and P the big, wild card I see in this is Dylan Ryle. I don't think the the model can account for a guy that's never played a snap of college football before, and there's two sides you could take on that. One being, this is a better quarterback based on recruiting rankings than Nebraska's really ever had in the modern era. Could that lead to more wins? The other side being, well, it's a true freshman quarterback, which could potentially lead to some some issues with true freshman-type mistakes, things like that. Wouldn't Ryle playing the most important position on the field be a, a wild card, maybe a wrench to throw into the S P Plus?
4: Yeah, he definitely is, and I mean, and he's accounted for in in these ratings only by like his talent level. Like, he's a five star, and 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 they know that Nebraska got a five star in this class in, in the same way that they know the the rating of of all of those players. So it's a it's a tiny fraction of of what goes into them. Um, that said, you know, I kind of go back to to something I've said previously. I look at Nebraska's quarterback play overall in twenty twenty three, and be like. There's not a lot of not a lot of room for it to be worse. So even if Dylan Raiola is a true freshman, you know, even a very highly touted one, is is Nebraska's day one starter and plays all twelve regular season games, um, it would be I, I'd be surprised, I guess, if uh, that was the thing that that caused Nebraska to go under um it you know and and really the upside there i think <laughs> just because the the level of of QB play overall was was relatively low in 2023 it's probably the thing that could is most likely to make it go over like if he's better than average um then that's not being accounted for either i guess it's always a two-way street with these things
3: how much in these you know kind of metric things are I guess in this case for Nebraska, coach retention? Because obviously we've seen Tony White's name get thrown around a a decent chunk and he hasn't left. So, I mean, how much does that get thrown in there, if any? Um, And obviously in in real life, it it matters a lot.
4: Yeah, I don't don't think at all in the case of of Tony White. So there's another thing that, you know, depending on which way you think it could go, is, is something not being accounted for for Nebraska, but also for every other team. Um, I know when there's a head coaching change, I think um, there's a slight kind of regression um, <clears throat> tweak put in there on, on coaches, meaning if a team's been bad and it you know it fired his coach because it's been bad, the, the statistical way to handle that is be like, well, they'll probably get better. If you're Alabama and you had Nick Saban, um, regardless of, of what you feel about Kalen DeBoer or anybody else... Um, you also regress that to the mean and maybe knock them off a little bit, but I don't think that happens at the, um, at the assistant level. So really the better, the way that that's, and it's independent of Tony white, but the way that that kind of works its way in is, is returning production, which is, you know, basically a third of these rankings. Um, and, and in that regard, so not only does Nebraska bring back a bunch of production, both on both sides, but particularly on defense, they have the same head coach. So it's kind of an adjustment you have to make um, looking at any of these teams based on the knowledge that you you yourself have.
0: Brandon, before we get out of here, uh, I want to turn our attention. You have one more, Smitty? Go for yeah, it.
2: We're, well, I was going to say, Vogues, can we carry you over? Because we're I've, I've got another another question, and we're going to let Elijah jump in. Are you good with that?
0: Yep, go first. Yeah, by, by, by all means. I
2: just wanted to, to sneak in the the, the turning point games. I mean, you've got four of them listed. Is there one you think's the, the most important Colorado at Purdue, UCLA, Wisconsin?
4: Um, I mean, it's probably Wisconsin, which is the latest of those four that I chose. And and what I chose there was, was, were games where Nebraska is maybe a favorite. Maybe it's a slight underdog. I think it was, it was a slight underdog to Wisconsin. Um, Where it's like these are where seasons turn. This is what gets you from six and six to eight and four, or you know something something better than that even. And that Wisconsin game in in late November, uh, it's Nebraska's only home game in the final three. That's that's key. The other one, you know, and it comes up real quick is is the Colorado game. Mm-hmm. And Colorado's a really tough team. We saw this last year. We kind of knew it was going to be the case. I think it's again the case. Um, hard to project. Just with how they approach things. They're, they're approaching things in like full scale. This is the, the new school college football. We do this because we can do it. Um, and kind of the models that are out there are are built on, you know, the previous decade where you couldn't flip a roster entirely. And I think we saw that play out early for, for Colorado last year. So that that one's a really big one, uh, I think, early on for the Huskers.
2: Brandon Vogel with us from CounterRead Reed, countoreid.com. Vogues, hang tight. We'll wrap up with you here in a little bit. Got to get your uh, quick thoughts on Husker baseball. Yeah, next segment uh, we'll continue that with Vogues. So Vogues will hang out in his football office. Uh, I want to remind you about uh, your friends at Dyer Law. And uh, if you have that uh, accident, that injury accident, uh, Dyer Law there for you. They're... Uh, Uh, not only renowned in Omaha, but around the state. If you've been hurt in a personal injury accident, you can count on Dyer Law to give you that help you need. 402-393-7529 or visit Dyer.Law today with your personal injury situation.
3: And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio.
2: We'll have plenty from Matt Rule next hour and his sit-down with the College Game Day podcast. Reese Davis, Pete Thamel, some interesting insights we'll get to and we'll hear from Rule. Brandon Vogel joins us to to wrap up. We have a little overtime here with Vogues from counter Reed, Counterreed.com. Yeah,
0: and Brandon, we got to go to Husker Baseball, get your thoughts on the opening weekend for the Huskers. Schmitty and myself sat down with uh, with Jabba in that uh, episode of the Triple Play podcast, a little free shout-out to our own work. I just dropped earlier today. If you want to get a full breakdown from Jabba and us of this year for Husker baseball, from, we want to get from Jabba, mostly from Jabba. Jabba had some really good insight. So again, check that out. That's the Triple Play podcast with her at Sports. But Brandon, I want to get your thoughts on the upcoming weekend for Husker baseball after what was, uh, I think, pretty universally considered a disappointing last year for Will Bo- bolt and the crew. What are you looking for from them in opening weekend? It's a, a tough slate of games down in Dallas.
4: Yeah, I mean, I given the the toughness of the slate i think it's mostly um competitiveness for me uh you know nebraska's in this spot which it has been in you know a, a handful of times where you've got you've got a pretty good amount of turnover um you know you're at, in these early these early tournaments you're trying to figure out like what your pitching rotation looks like you know you've got your your one two three starters penciled in but what's what's the bullpen look like you know the the big 10 preseason poll came out this week with the huskers fifth they finished fourth a year ago basically flip-flopped rutgers which was a game behind nebraska last year um they were they were fourth in these preseason polls and and they were only you know the big 10 does this annoying weird thing of we're not gonna we're not gonna release a first team second team we're just gonna note players players to note Nebraska only had three on there so I mean I think there's there's a lot of um there's a lot of unknowns with with the team um and and you're going to need some production from from some of the 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 new additions that you brought in
2: Vogues tell me about counter Reed. tell the folks about counter Reed and and how they can get uh, get on board
4: yeah, it's twice twice weekly newsletter from myself and, and Aaron Sorensen. You know, we spent a, a good portion of the the first segment talking about SP Plus. That was kind of the the conclusion of my early very early off season uh, quad quadrology. Is that the word? Yes, of trilogy. Yes, I don't know. I like it. Um, we've looked at national title odds. We've looked at returning production. We've looked at win totals and now we have SP plus, which, which allows us to, to dial in a little bit more. So those are, those are the sorts of things I always look forward to doing in the off season because yeah, they're just projections. They're just a statistical model. They're just odds, um, whatever the case may be, but, but they do a good job of, of helping, I think, level set for for the season ahead which maybe it sounds crazy to talk about that in february but um it's kind of the thing i'd like to talk most about in february
0: Brandon, will you be using the new ncaa football video game uh, supposedly releasing a little bit later simulators, this? simulators. any, any simulator. stories is it is that does it have any value to you from an analytical sense
4: in college football <laughs> maybe, maybe not from an analytical sense personally i'm very torn on this because mm-hmm. um do i get a new gaming system just to play this game Cause I'm pretty much, I'm pretty much out on, on video games. The last one that I like played start to finish was, was Ghosts of Tsushima. Great game. Um, Great game. It was, it was a great game. Um, And I like, after that one, I was just kind of like, yeah, I I might just be there. Nothing came along that I had to have. And I just haven't turned on, turned on my PlayStation in what, four, four plus years. um, Also having two kids under the age of three <laughs> contributes to that. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually not looking forward to this one. And as somebody who like lived my entire life being like, I would go get this at midnight if it were available. I don't know what to do. It's uh, I'm, I'm in a different stage of my life. I'm like, I'd have to get a PS five. Um, do I do it just to play this game? And I probably will, but <laughs> I don't feel great about it.
2: You still have to trade a kidney to get a PS five.
4: And uh, good question. I, I mean, if, if I do, then that'll, that'll make the decision easy. I hope that's the case. Um, <laughs> because if so, like I'm not going to all that work. Um, but also like, I'll, I'll be interested to see like how much the off season actually feels like work. Like we talk about how the college game sucks now for, for head coaches, mm-hmm. like is the game not going to be fun when I've got to like, <laughs> in addition to just landing any five star that I want, which you could basically do, um, do I have to like budget uh, my my NIL, nil money? I'm I'm not here to budget. I, mean, I can do that in my real life.
2: <laughs> just just uh, get a, uh, a T Boone Pickens or an Uncle Warren in reality uh, to to give some money.
0: Well, Brandon, here's my advice to you before I get you out. When you get that PS Five, F or win? And I, I should be noted, I got mine uh, as an impulse purchase at Walmart. I was just walking in, I'm like, oh, they got PS Fives, awesome! And I threw one in the cart. Um, just buy it for your kids for Christmas, knowing that they're probably not old enough to get the, the full usage out of it. So, you buy it for them for Christmas, but it's really a gift for yourself. You're just passing it off, you know? Like, oh, I, I bought it for my kids, but it's not. It's for you.
2: How would mama like that? <laughs> Guess what? I got yeah. the kids.
4: <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's also TBD. Um, I, and, like, if I'm going to play the game, I'm not going to be able to wait till Christmas. My daughter turns blonde. In mid-June. So if I'm going to do it, I'll be like, here you go. Here's a PS5 <laughs> for your first, first birthday. birthday. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't worry about it. Um, in about a month, you'll never see me.
2: <laughs> That's so good. Vogues, you take care. We'll talk Saturday. Thanks so much.
4: Sounds good, guys. Have a good one.
2: You too. Appreciate him. Brandon Vogel Get signed up. Counter-Read. counter Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. Guys, we'll spend a couple of minutes here on basketball. Uh, Gary Barnett here a little bit after uh, in hour two. But uh, two thoughts. Uh, you have the Ohio State job that is open. You have uh, some, some smoke around Coach Mack at Creighton. And you have, uh, you know, Ross Bjork uh, going to be the new AD there at, at Ohio State. You had Uncle Ted now that's your president up there. And I'm, I'm just wondering about the Ohio State job. Good write-up in the World Herald as well when we talk projecting the tournament. Nebraska gets back to action Saturday. I want to start there and pretty detailed rundown of just where and how teams with one or two road wins fared. You don't win on the road in conference. You don't go to the dance. Right now, Nebraska is, you know, uh, in, in the back of the line, so to speak, with uh, where they are compared to their peers with strength of schedule mm-hmm. in similar road record situations. Indiana's not gonna be a fun trip, but it's doable. Penn State, Rutgers, Minnesota are all gonna be tough ball games, but you get get them in Lincoln, and then what could absolutely implode your season, meth lab style, is you go lose to a team like Ohio State and Michigan on the road. So with yeah. with Nebraska, they could also go six and one.
3: And then, and then you're good.
2: And, and you're fine with your one loss by uh, a bucket or two to Indiana. It's, a, it's okay to go lose at Indiana. It's better, I should say, to go lose at Indiana than Michigan or Ohio's, Ohio State.
3: I think the best team that you could lose to in this stretch, and uh, this is going to go against the season trend, is Minnesota, in my opinion. Because, yeah, you get them at home, but they've Minnesota's turned into a pretty good well, Mi- team Minnesota's this
2: year. an elimination game.
3: Yeah, like they're a solid basketball team, top to bottom. They play pretty good teams tough. Uh, we saw them play Michigan State really well the other week, and they ended up beating them. Um, obviously, you saw what they did to Nebraska. Uh, they beat Northwestern pretty recently too. So, I think that's the hardest remaining game on the schedule. But obviously, you got to take care of business against the teams. You should be taking care of business.
2: You're you, you get to that top six line. I think that is very real for your NCAA projections for the Big Ten. Can you? Slide into that sixth spot and oust a Sparty or even a Minnesota. Uh, what about the Ohio State basketball job? We'll round out hour one next.
4: And now, and now
2: back to Hale Varsity Radio. So let's talk Ohio State opening for two seconds. We'll get to some football here next hour more from Matt Rule with Reese Davis and Pete Thamel. The Ohio State job, Chris Holtman out. Do they go get some of these uh, these names. If you're Ohio State, who can you land? What do you expect? And I ask that because they, they've gotten rid of a, of a Thad Mata who pretty, went, pretty much went to Sweet 16s, Elite 8s, and Final Fours. Not every year, but they were good a lot. Uh, Holtzman was a 2 seed, but, but got upended uh, by a 15 seed. They've faded, and they really haven't been a, a juggernaut since 2021. 20, and they've taken a step back. They finished 16-9 and nine, uh, last year. Uh, they're, it's never going to be Ohio State football. With Bork coming from a and do you go get a Buzz Williams down there? Uh, Coach Mack is a name that's out there. Is, is the Ohio State basketball job as good a basketball job as what, what Mack has at Creighton right now? Because he's king of Omaha. He kills it. He's recruited well. And do you leave now? Is your window truly done at Creighton? You had a great run last year. You're supposed to be a Final Four Elite Eight this year. Then who knows? Maybe they, they rekindle some, some March magic. But right now they're looking at a four or five seed. Uh, do, you, do you look at Chaka? I mean, he's done the, 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 the football basketball school thing at Texas before. Uh, I, I don't know. If you're, if you're Ohio State, where, where do you settle? And you have the Rick Barnes example where about every 10 years you move on. (laughs) Just because it is time to move on, you've exhausted your uh, your welcome.
0: How about this for a name? How about this? Dude, you were going to go with that name? No. Okay. No. What name? What were you thinking? We were discussing a name in the commercial break. I personally think... Tim Miles deserves another chance at Power 5 basketball. And if he does well
2: at San Jose State, he'll he'll get another
0: and shot. And he's done well. He did well for his first two years. He's had a bit of a rebuilding year this year. But <laughs> another name I'll throw out there, Josh Schertz. You guys know who this is? Tell me. Indiana State's head coach.
3: Mm, yeah, he's been thrown around a lot. That's a really
0: he, interesting name. He, he worked his way up from Division II, finally got a chance at Indiana State. And what has he done at Indiana State? Turned them from... A team that was eleven and twenty his first year into twenty three and thirteen in year two. Now twenty two and four. It's the best year that Indiana State has had since Larry Frickin' Bird fifty years ago. Uh-huh. Drake's they, head coach is also they, they, they were a,
2: around. Yeah, they were a, a twelve point favorite or a double digit favorite last night once they got ranked and got
0: whacked. And that was two nights ago. But that, that's gonna happen. You're still Indiana State. Mm-hmm. I think but I think Buzz Williams 22 and four.
3: Buzz Williams is a good name. My job personally would be on the floor Eric if McDermott went there. Patino's really Patino is not little Patino, man. but big Patino. He loves oh. New York too much. I was I was gonna say little Patino. Little Patino, uh,
1: he's
0: already been in the Big Ten. Yeah, but I mean, little Patino probably had the most punchable face in the Big Ten.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: if if I'm there. Ohio State, and this is just one of my favorite guys, so it's a little personal bias here, but you know, if Craig Smith keeps keeps trucking at Utah. Oh, that's he's won every year, everywhere he's been, and he was you know, really important to
3: Nebraska. I saw an article that brought up Chris Collins' name, and I'm like, what? Absolutely not. For Ohio State? No way. Can, can these guys at the smaller
2: programs jump to the level and recruit to the level you're, you're expected to recruit at? We're talking four- and five-star dudes.
3: I mean, Chris Collins is that program at Northwestern. I know. That's why I don't think he would leave.
2: Phil Jackson. Phil, do you want to come out of retirement? (laughs) That's from KG Kids
0: for Life. What a suggestion.
2: Well done. Uh, Off the top rope there, but just something to chew on. Uh, Gary Barnett will kick off Hour 2. We'll hear more from Matt Rule and his sit-down with Reese Davis. It's Hail Varsity. Back into it, at Tower two, it's Hale Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Lager, Hall of Fame coach with the Buffs, and, of course, Northwestern, Gary Barnett back with us. Coach, is it time for spring ball yet?
6: Is it time? Is it time? No, no, not yet. I, I need some time off between the Super Bowl and spring ball. So, <laughs> uh, and, you know, when you're coaching, this is a research and development time. <laughs> I and mean, You just... <laughs> you want your kids to get bigger and stronger and, and create your teamwork in there in the off season. And then you want your coaches to go visit or bring people in to visit about some little things that you'd like to change or look at, take a, make some decisions on. So it, to me, it was always a fun time. One, to go see other coaches in other places and see how they do things. And then uh, to bring guys in to talk about uh, what they're doing. And uh, especially if, you know, it's, it's just you get better as a coach during this period of time than any other time, and so uh, I always look forward to that and just a little time away from everything.
2: No, that's that's about right. A little breathing room, and want to get your take on the Super Bowl. You were right on it. Can't bet against Mahomes and Coach Barnett. Uh, I thought on on the game. It was overtime. It was a slow burn, but man, it finished like a freight train. Uh, your thoughts on on the game?
6: I thought it was just a really heck of a football game, Chris. I, you know, it's it's offense, defense, and special teams. You kick three field goals over fifty two yards, and you you know you play great defense. You you make some great plays on offense. It's it's the way it's supposed to be. It's the way the two best teams should play. It should be a game just like that, and that's what we got. And you know, fans of offense wanted more offense, and I understand that. But the game itself is in all three areas. And um, usually the team that's playing the best on defense is the team that, in the end, wins, ends up winning games. And, um, you know, Kansas, both teams play great. It's hard to say which one was really better on defense, except basically Kansas City made one more play with their offense. And, you know, they forced – in in the overtime period, they forced uh, San Francisco to kick a field goal, so that was great, great defense. So it uh, it couldn't have been a more balanced uh, game between players, more balanced game between the concepts of what football is about, and you know it's just a great atmosphere. And uh, I thought it was just a super game, and like you said, Mahomes pulls it out. I mean, he he does with his feet. And while he's not real fast, he's just got to be mobile enough to get yourself out of trouble and to make a first down. It's about first downs. And I think that's what we lose sight of sometimes is offense is about getting first downs. Defense is about preventing first downs. It's not about 100-yard runs or 80-yard runs. It's about getting or preventing first downs because that's what ultimately wins games.
2: Just keep moving them chains, right? I mean, it's... it's... Yep what it is have you had much talk uh with with eric b enemy in his time not just only with andy reed but the chiefs offense i mean they, they've i know eric's not there anymore and i know uh hill is gone so they coach they've they've evolved they've gone from we can outscore you to a little ball control last year to Okay, we're a work in progress, but we still got the best guy there is at quarterback and the best tight end there is, and and they made plays. Just just what what from an identity standpoint slash uh, versatility, uh, the, the vision is with this offense. Has there been any chats you've had with Eric Bieniemy
6: about it? No, I haven't, but it's, you know, it's complimentary football at its best. Uh, you lose Tyreek Hill, you lose your running back, uh, uh, Edward Zolaire, you lose, uh, you know, they, when they won their first Super Bowl, I forgot who it was, but they had a couple great running backs. And so, you know, they had to sort of piece this together, and the defense had to become better. And, and you know, Spagnola's defense played terrific in that football game. Um, and so this this was a classic example of, being able to ad, adapt and adjust as a coach and as players uh, between Andy Reid and his staff and and uh, what they could do on the field, yeah, it was just uh, – it, it was. It, there were a different team this year than there were six years ago when they were in it. And you got to give everybody credit. They lose the enemy or they, they, the enemy moves on. How much he had to do with that, I don't know. But Tyreek Hill was a big part of the explosion on that offense. Uh, the two things that are the same are Kelsey and, uh, and Mahomes and and Andy Reid and Spagnola. Those are the four cogs that really what made this team a Super Bowl team.
2: Gary Barnett's with us. It's Hale Varsity Radio talking some football uh, this afternoon. Coach, uh, what's the right amount of mobile? And I ask that because Nebraska had to lean heavy on the option game that's what Harburg did best there's going to be a race for quarterback we think it's going to be dylan raiola but from a a style and a skill set standpoint he's a thrower first but he's not a a statue how do you use that or you, you just let it happen organically uh at at quarterback with a with a pocket guy that that is athletic
6: uh, I think you let it happen organically. I don't think you force that. I don't at all. And uh, you just sort of, um, you know, see whether or not in the heat of battle, and and you've got to put the heat on him early, or at least in, in the first couple of games, to see whether he can escape. Where he can, if uh, either one of them can make a bad situation good, you know, unless often unless option is just part of your scheme, you're going to run it no matter what. Then you end up maybe running it with some guys who maybe shouldn't be running it. But uh, I, don't think you're, I don't think Matt's going to tie himself into that. He's, he's going to let it organically happen and see who the best quarterback is and then adjust um, to, uh, to that quarterback. But you know the right amount of mobile is who can pick up first downs in key situations. And mobile quarterbacks become more and more um, – or if you can be mobile – in third down situations and in the red zone. Because when you run your quarterback, you gain uh, a blocker. You've got the tailback that's either being chased because he doesn't have the ball or because he's a blocker for the quarterback. And so it, it, it's, a, it's a, if you've got a, especially a big guy that can run in the red zone and run on third down, it's a huge advantage for any offense.
2: Gary Barnett with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Interested, was, was looking at Adam Rittenberg's story at ESPN, and I want to go to the Big Ten here, Coach. Is, uh, Coach, uh, you have Tony Petiti that's taken the range. You've got the extension for the playoff with, with ESPN. But as you move forward, what would be the the uh, the, the balancing act, Coach Barnett, for the Big Ten where – you want meaningful games, and you're going to have a bunch of helmet games, games you want to play in, you want to watch, you want to coach in, but you also have to still have some of your big dogs be able to qualify and not run them through the ringer. Do you think the Big Ten's going to be smart or, or overly aggressive with these properties they now have? When, when we can see an Oregon-Michigan or a Nebraska-USC or – you know, pick some of the, 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 the helmets that, that everyone knows.
6: Well, first of all, you got to pick the properties. Which properties are the ones, and you got to pick it right. Yeah. The other thing is, there's two two parts of the season, Chris. There's there's the early part of the season, the first seven or eight weeks, where people want to see good games. They they uh, you, you know we're, we're worried about the season. It's more important than the re- we, we need the record. To me, it seems like if you could put more of those helmet games in the early part, and then the second part of that season is about getting to the playoffs. So the more teams that you can have playing not each other, but important but not critical games in the second half of that season, uh, then you get to build up and the and the ability to maybe create more teams that are playoff eligible mm. or playoff. You know, ready. So, if there's a way in which you can put those teams playing each other early, because, you, you know, you can survive an early loss. And uh, the fact that later on people are thinking about who's going to get in the playoffs rather than what the whole season looks like. So, um, a way in which you play those really, those helmet games, as you said, early in the season, first six, seven, eight weeks, everybody's into the season. And then the last four weeks, everybody's into who's going to go to the playoffs. So, Uh, And then have them have Big Ten games that maybe aren't necessarily a home game. That's not possible with Ohio State and Michigan. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, maybe you build in two games like that. But um, that's what I would see with it.
2: Did did it tick you off or were you, like, bring it on the way you would end? Uh, It always seemed like it was kind of a merry-go-round with – Colorado, Oklahoma, Nebraska, in in a triangular, and then there's or or sneak in an A and M or a Texas, and then boom, here's your here's your Big Twelve championship game. Did you like going from a Nebraska to a Big Twelve championship game, or the way it was stacked? Did it seem too too heavy had too heavy of a lift?
6: Chris, I just like getting to that game. I just, you know what, it, it didn't make any difference it, at that point. You knew what you had to deal with. You dealt with it, and you either made it or you didn't. And um, you know, we didn't worry about all that stuff. We just, you know, you just hoped you were healthy at that point. Mm. Not if you weren't healthy, you tried to make up for it with your coaching, uh, play make, you know, your play calling defensively and offensively. And you don't really have that choice anyway. If you don't take every game seriously one at a time, then you're not in that position. So. Mm. Um, you know, I, that was somebody else's issue. We just played them as they, as they unfolded and, uh, didn't try not to look ahead at anybody. In fact, I only would have one game on our schedule board in our meeting room. I wouldn't have any other games other than the team mm. we were playing. Gary, Bart- so nobody could look ahead.
2: No, I, I totally get it. You just look at it from afar and you're like, wow, that's a stretch. So let's talk UCLA and Deshaun Foster. Uh, Chip Kelly to Ohio State. We haven't chatted about this yet, but the right move with Foster or the necessary move from a roster standpoint?
6: Oh, I would think so. Uh, I would think with everything that's happening out there, uh, you know, and you see um, the hiring of Deion Sanders and what it's done, uh, and he still has to produce, but at least the excitement around him being hired uh, now, Deshaun Foster is not Deion Sanders, but it's um, it's close and close enough. And so it, no matter who you're going to hire, at this time of year, it's going to be a crapshoot. I, I saw an article, was he a safe hour, hire? Probably a safe hire, but also, um, you know, y- if you'd spent some time really looking, you might still hire Deshaun Foster. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll see. You know, you, you can never tell on these hires, but I think – you know, checks off all the boxes and and I think that uh, right now with all this happening at this time of year that that's important.
2: With Chip, are you surprised? I mean, was this just a peace of mind move for him? Take a pay cut, go coach quarterbacks and quit dealing with the uh, the CEO part of uh, of coaching now uh, from a handshaken and recruiting standpoint?
6: I, I think, yeah, Chip Really, never did like that anyway. Chip was just a ball coach, and that's why he went in the NFL mm-hmm. so he, he wouldn't have to do it. And then he ended up going to UCLA and finding a pretty good niche. But if you're a play caller, you want to be a play caller. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Ryan played for him, I think, Ryan Day. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, why not get away from all that stuff? He doesn't need the money. He just wants to coach ball. And that's so hard to do now. A lot of these guys. Uh, you know, like Chip's not going to have to recruit. He, he may have to recruit a quarterback every year, but he's not going to have to recruit. And these guys don't want to uh, have to carry NIL offers with them in their pocket when they walk in. They don't want to do that stuff. They just want to coach football. And so I'm I'm happy for Chip. He's going to be a happier, uh, easier guy to be around than he has been for a while.
2: More with Gary Barnett. We'll wind it down and we'll get into more of the uh, Matt Rule, Reese Davis, Pete Thamel uh, college game day podcast reaction here on the other side uh, from Connor's burner account. Ronnie checks in. I think name.
0: so. Uh, Ronnie think asks
2: Ronnie. why Connor doesn't speak in this program very much. You do. There's just certain spots you. I you pick don't. and choose my you moments. Do. You. you will, we'll have more Connor tomorrow, probably, and more Connor next segment just because of, of how heavy basketball is tomorrow. And we'll, we'll all have uh, some, some reaction to what Matt Rule has to say uh, with Reese Davis. Plenty to get into with expectations for Dylan Rayola from Coach Rule. He was asked that question and uh, also uh, the, the rebuild portion here. So a little bit more from Gary Barnett, though. Loved his take, and this kind of goes in with uh, Adam Rittenberg's story on the college football playoff management. As commissioner, your job is to manage your conference's exposure, get as much dollars as you can, but also don't piranacize your own league because of a brutal stretch. That, that's a juggling act to make sure you have Michigan-Ohio State at the end of the season that the world wants to watch. Alabama-Auburn is a reality, but you can't, can't cut your knees off.
6: Mm.
2: So, I loved what Barney said about schedule some of those big dog games early, and uh, you can survive a loss like that mm. if mm. you do fall. More with Coach Barnett, thoughts from Rule and Reese Davis up next to Tail Varsity. were powered by Cornhead Logger.
4: And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio.
2: Gary Barnett, coach, we'll get you out on this. Thanks for the time today. But uh, to Nebraska, what do, you, what do you like about Nebraska's window of opportunity here for, for a second year? And I ask this because you've got, and you lead the Big Ten in returning production, okay? You have your quarterback options. It's not often a five-star talent finds their way to a team that's not been to a bowl since 2016. And you kept Tony White. So is is it important for this second year to to be a bit of a breakthrough with with all that you have because you may not have a Tony White next year?
6: I don't think you think about it very much. I think you just go to work and uh, you you fix what needs to be fixed, um, and that's what you concentrate on. You don't look at that great big picture at this point in time. You just. You want to find a way right now. You want to win enough games to get to a bowl game. Uh, and and that's what you're after right now. You just, whatever it takes, day to day, as you look at it, what do you have to do to get there? And then if you get beyond that, so be it. But at this you, you don't try to take four steps in one year. Sure. You try to take one step, and then you try to take another one. And, and I think that's, that's what best serves uh, coaches at this point in time
2: any golf this weekend well yeah <laughs> <laughs> well how much are we are you doing a couple rounds i mean that that uh, arrest total trespassing and the fact that beer sales were shut off at the waste management uh left the the golf world shuddering, coach
6: oh uh, well I, I didn't go around there so that's not my problem but uh, <laughs> well i don't know how many, how many days you're talking about on the weekend you're talking about,
2: yeah, three, fr- three. Fr- yeah, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Are you running three in a
4: row? Yeah. Oh,
6: yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not hard. It's golf. You know, it's not football. You don't chase anything. Nobody hits you. So, no, it's probably get three days in.
2: Are you going to do a shirtless snow angel in the sand?
6: No, no, <laughs> no. You don't want to see that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sir, we need you to leave. Okay, Coach, you have a good weekend. Enjoy the golf, and thanks for a few minutes today.
6: All right, Chris. Great being with you. Thanks.
2: Good stuff from Coach Barty. Appreciate his thoughts. Uh, some topics we got into and uh, talked a little bit about that window of opportunity. It's on a lot of Nebraska fans' uh, minds. You also have uh, the uh, the the quarterback question. More on this Reese Davis podcast as uh, he caught up with Coach Rule that dropped today. Him and Pete Thamel, the college football college game day podcast. We had a little teaser for you uh, in hour one about improvement from Nebraska from year one to year two. I think this will serve coach rule well in the new NIL era and guys uh, will jump back into this pod, an excerpt here on what rule took from the NFL to Nebraska.
5: Well, I think very simply just the, uh, you know, football to me usually comes down to player acquisition, player development, uh, player retention, which, <laughs> Houston and in, in, in football just means scholarship. Now it means NIL and all those things. I think I got sort of a crash course in it uh, in my time in the NFL. Um, so, I, you know, as you're sitting there and, and, and young people have the ability to kind of really now, now with multiple transfers, hit, hit free agency every year, um, I, I just feel like I have a better perspective on it. You know, I'm not emotional about it. Like, you know, there'd be, you know there, you know, there'd be a player who's, you know, going to free agency with us or unhappy with their contract. And. I could let them you know deal with the gm whether it was marty herney or scott Fitter, and mm-hmm. just say hey whenever you get back i'm ready to coach you in football again and, and you know probably didn't have that ability before i went through that so i think that that's really helped me and um you know as i kind of said to you at the time like you know my, my time in the nfl was so unique in that it was covid you know you're a college coach and don't really know who you are that's COVID. Mm-hmm. you never really got a chance to build relationships and really in my last year i felt like um, I tried to, you know, make up for lost time and tried to tried to really connect with some guys and, and, and I feel like I did and still have a lot of those connections. And so as I came back here, I wanted to do the same thing. And, you know, we get to the end of the season and three guys that have probably draftable grades decide to come back and play another year. No one really goes into the portal um, looking to cash in. Um, I, think, I think it started with, you know, just really spending time with everybody. And instead of just doing stuff, explaining what I'm doing and just, you know, taking time to be pretty intentional.
2: So pretty much uh, a, a good uh, blueprint there of Matt Rule, fellas. And do you feel like that is a a real a real uh, difference for Nebraska? Where and I know Damon said this to us uh, last Friday, uh, where guys just don't want to leave. They they like their teammates, they like their coaches, they like the the direction of the program. That's all well and good, but above all, it's 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 it's
0: authentic. Well it kind of seems to be Matt Rule's specialty, it's well, reality. Well it, it's especially it's reality and it's what makes him so well-positioned for the modern era of college football and that, yeah, you do have to go re-recruit your roster every single year and make sure those guys don't leave. But the simplest way to do that, instead of doing it with words, and as we kind of talked about, empty NIL promises, my strategy for NCAA football 25, the empty NIL promises, the empty winning promises. It's not about that. It's about creating a team in an environment that guys don't want to leave because you can go look around the country, but at the end of the day, Nebraska is going to be the best place for you to, to advance your career on the football field, off the football field, about building that environment that, as opposed to, uh, you know what, every single year a new money offer comes in and you're going to the place that's the highest bidder, you, you create a place here that, we might, we to, that might not be the highest bidder every single year, but we'll take care of you and we'll uh, make sure that you understand that this is going to be the best place for you to advance your career, whether it be in football or something else. Do you want to get paid or do you want to play football?
3: Exactly. D- both.
2: Yeah, <laughs> both. Yeah. But what's going to get me prepared to get paid at the next level? Eventually that question needs to be answered uh, We'll skip down here With uh, Matt Rule and he was asked What makes you such a great Rebuilder they highlighted Temple they highlighted Baylor why take on a blue blood Like Nebraska first of all I appreciate you
5: Saying that second of all I hope I live up to that here um, <laughs> You know I will say This I think I loved Temple because I'd been there As an assistant coach for six years so mm-hmm. I had this deep You know belief in Temple what we Could do there um, as you said I'm The son of a minister and a football coach so go Into Baylor and to me, rebuilding Baylor was if we just got it back to its its stated purpose. Like there's nothing worse than a Christian university that you almost kind of like look at like sarcastically, you know, because of what's happening there. So, you know, the football was the bonus there, but I was, as you said, kind of felt called and on sort of a mission to be there. You know, to me, I, I love college football and I, I historically love college football. So to come to Nebraska and, um, you know, help Nebraska retain its rightful place in football makes total sense. Um, in terms of, you know, why I think I'm able to do it, I think it's because, um, I really don't mind, uh, uh I don't like, but I don't, I am willing to do what it takes to win in the long run. Um, and that's probably hurt me a lot in the NFL because I probably wasn't enough. Hey, let's win right now. I was probably like, Hey, let's build this for four or five years. And it didn't end up getting that time. But you know, I went, when I went to temple, when I went to Baylor, it was about, Hey, let's, let's pay the price now for success down, down the line. And, um, you know, even, even Reese at, at, at Baylor when sometimes when things would come up and you know, we'd be in a meeting talking and you know, people would talk about the optics and I would always say, like, let's let let's let history write our story. Let like let's not worry what people are writing right now about what we're doing. Let's let's worry about ten years from now what people write about what we're doing. So if we're gonna do something that's controversial that people don't like, but we think it's the right thing, let's do that. And I, I think if you take that over to football um, I try to do the right thing. I try to do what's going to be in the best interest of the long-term vision for what we're trying to build. And if that means we have to start out 2-10 and 10 or, you know, unfortunately this year we were 5-3, and three, we finished 5-7, and seven. it doesn't mean I enjoy those things. It just means I know right now we are so much further ahead than where we were last year. And, and, and any time a coach calls me that gets a new job, I always tell them, don't worry about winning the first year. Worry about building something you can be proud of, building a foundation, and then the winning will come. And so – I think that that is probably what what that confidence that, hey, it'll work out in the long run is probably what's allowed me to do it at the college level. And um, uh, the the only other thing I'll say is I think, because I truly believe that I and my staff really care about these young people. Like, even if I have to dismiss them from the team, I always tell them like there's nothing you can do that will make me not care about you. Now there's a standard here you have to live up to. And I, I think when you do that and you go through hard times and the players see you not, changing and they see you not turn their a lot of times in their lives people have changed on them and turned their back on them i think we get real buy-in on a on a personal level that allows us to uh you know take some huge huge steps
2: real buy-in real key for nebraska guys that that foundation uh as he put it not worried about winning in year one that's nice (laughs) you'd love to have a winner out of the gate but then that's the bar that's the standard do you exceed that you can become your own worst enemy there. But the, the topic of, of sustainability, that's really what you crave if you're a Nebraska fan. Be good, be relevant, be in marquee games, win more than you lose, look good doing it, look physical, look like an air quote Nebraska team, but be able to do it year in and year out. Know what you're going to get on a high level. That's what's been missing uh, for a while, and you heard from him right here, uh, with the uh, Reese Davis and Pete Thamel College Game Day podcast about, you know, the the big picture outlook.
3: I don't think people really realize how important what Matt Rule just said because that's like kind of a a personal thing that he just said about a lot of his players. Is like you, you, they probably had people switch up on them at some point in their life, whether that's family, whether that's teammates, whether that's coaches, recruiting, whatever. So the fact that Matt Rule is able to stand in there. And even when he's got to look a player in the face and say, hey, we can't have you here anymore because you're not doing X, Y, or Z, or because you did X, Y, and Z, the fact that he's still going to treat you the same as if you were his QB1 says a lot about him as a coach and him as a person. And that goes a long way because you throw however many guys on a football roster, you don't know where they're coming from. You don't know where their backgrounds are. They're all over the place, maybe even internationally at some points. So the fact that you're able to be their head coach, almost kind of be like a, I don't want to say a father figure, but, you know, that trusted authority figure that they're playing under, that's not going to change on you. I think that goes a really long way, and that's all outside the lines. It's all outside of X's and O's, but it plays a huge role in success when you're trying to rebuild a program like this. Well,
0: really fast, just to kind of piggyback on that, if, if you could pick one word that describes the first year and change of matt rules tenure at nebraska i think the the first word that comes to mind for me is authenticity mm-hmm. and it's been a buzzword that we hit it's a word that damon hit last week whenever we hit him on the show it's it's a a, sh- a word that has been hit by players up in press conferences by by members of the coaching staff that's the the first word that comes to mind i think what has matt rule brought to nebraska through the first 15 months on the job authenticity i think is right at the top of that list
3: he's real
2: Right. And to be honest, if you're a guy that is going to try and go play for him for four or five years and you can trust him off the field, not even with football stuff, just life and being real and being authentic and, and not BSing me. Well, maybe he knows what he's doing for football. <laughs> right. Just the normal day to day. And, and uh,
0: does doesn't an, an authentic culture, authenticity lead to wins. No, but is it a step in the right direction? Yes. It guess what? certainly help.
2: It, it leads to kids staying here that you can
0: develop. Which might be the most important thing to lean, to Which leads to wins. College football.
2: Thoughts on Raiola? Thoughts on Nebraska and uh, where they're at in this rebuild?
4: And now.
3: And now,
2: back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, and can find the show on the different podcast platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Give Elijah a follow on Twitter at Herbal Essence. Connor Clark on Twitter at C underscore Clark underscore 27. Chris Schmidt at Schmidt underscore radio can watch the show. Hale Varsity YouTube channel in the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio. Brandon checks in uh, when it comes to rule or recapping a little bit of his uh, podcast appearance with Reese Davis and Pete Thamel of ESPN. Every Nebraskan can feel the realness when we talk about that uh, that vibe and those actions, Matt Rule, and he's and, been asked about it. And,
0: and more from Brandon here that I'd like to get your guys' thoughts on, the word that he would use to describe the start of the Matt Rule tenure is progress. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure I'm willing to go there just yet because I don't think the progress has necessarily been tangible I've I've seen you, tangible you,
2: you, I've seen tangible and I've seen it through, through physical play. I, we, we saw it through the defense. But is, on the it, field, is there, they looked
0: physical and, and tough. Is there truly progress? So if there aren't, isn't a, a tangible win loss record that gets improved upon via that progress? I understand where you're coming from. I just don't want to be here. Give me more than
2: five just, and seven. Yes, it's, exactly. It's the
3: month of November for me that kind of diminishes the word progress. Mm-hmm. Because if that goes differently, then great. Mm-hmm. I I think that's accurate. I don't think it's entirely inaccurate. I agree with what you said, Schmidt about the defense. You know, you got consistency you on you that You score side more of the ball. than 13 points a game. You're, yeah, right. You're, you're two and two so, at
2: worst in November.
3: Yeah, if November goes differently, I think that's an accurate word. But you went over, and you were – you. We're 60 minutes away from being in a postseason, and you went over. So I, mean,
0: I can say I think there has been progress. I just don't think that's the word I would use to describe the first 14 months because you still ended up going 5-7. and, seven I and agree. You, went, you went and pulled in a five-star recruit, which you haven't done. That feels like progress. The way yeah. the defense played last year feels like progress. But I think progress is a word that has to have some backing to it. It can't just be feelings. And I, I think I feel like there has been progress that's been made during Matt Roll's time. Show me. But it's, it's a show-me case because I think I, I would have said the same on the first 12 months of Scott mm-hmm. Frost tenure. here. Look at the different recruits he's pulling. He's going to different he's going to different areas. He's going to the areas of the country, Florida, that, that, you know what, the top schools in the country are going and trying to pull recruits out of. But the progress never came in terms of on-the-field results. The offense looked different, that's mm-hmm. for sure. The offense felt like there was progress being made there, but it never showed itself in terms of wins and losses. So I'm going to save saying progress until I see some results on the field because that's the be-all, end-all in progress. The,
2: the, the run game, the physicality, the defense was all progress and how they practice is a giant step of progress to me. And you guys aren't wrong with the, the win-loss. It's all about wins for me, right? If you're a fan, I get it. But there's also to me about how you, you get to those wins and Nebraska is more prone to be – on the right side of it, moving forward with how they go about their business. Good email from Kent. You said rules game management was abysmal, cost him two wins last year. That's not progress. And Kent, you know, interesting point and, and statement from you because Rule addressed that here uh, in the, uh, the the podcast sit down with Reese and and Pete, uh, ESPN College Game Day. So, what are two or three things? That, that that you're poised to do here in year two. Why will you be better? Why will you jump in year two? Let's hear that.
3: Oh, I apologize. Give me one second. What sure. cut is that?
2: I don't have them numbered. Uh, let's look here. <laughs> someone,
5: someone's saying. Uh, uh, this is bed music. Six. Yes. Well, definitely our, our definitely our strength. I mean, like, I, I you know I was on the road for those three weeks. We mentioned I came back on a Friday morning and walked out, and I was like, "Damn, we have a good looking team." You know, we don't have we're not a big fat team. The only fat guys are the coaches on our on our, on our, yeah. our <laughs> like we're like a big yoked up, strong, competitive team. Um, we have a lot of seniors, a lot of guys who've been through it. The one thing when you come to to the University of Nebraska, like the players, like there's a lot. There's half of our team that like were born and raised on this. You know, I tell them, I say, like, all of our guys are, are Huskers, but some of our guys are corn Huskers, man. Like huh. they grew up like they grew up mm-hmm. on this. And so they have a deep passion. There's a mission from them to be part of the class that turned it around. And so I would say just our overall strength and just sort of our resolve of having an older group. Those two things really helped. You know, I, I did a really bad job early in the year last year, like our first two games at Minnesota, at Colorado. And when you kind of get into the NFL, the guys are so mature, you get a little bit lulled into like, you know, there's not many stadiums in the NFL that are, like, just so overwhelming, you know. There's a couple, don't get me wrong. But a lot of times, you know, it's not. And going to Minnesota, it's the first game of the year and they do a gold out. Like, I've never heard of a team doing, like, a, a uniform thing in the crowd for um, for a college game. But the crowd noise affected us. Then we went to Colorado. It was, a, it was a, you know, it was low. I think we're much more prepared this year for the big moments, you know. But, um, you know, I, I, again, I'll say, uh, Pete, like, we, we knew we were going to have a pretty good defense last year. We were young on offense. I think we caught up offensively talent-wise this year. So we'll still be young. You know, it comes down to players. I saw Michigan had 18 guys go to the uh, – get invited to the Combine. Um, you know, and I, if you want to know how good of a team we have, you usually can just look at how many guys go to the Combine. And so Michigan had a pretty good team, obviously. So we'll get there, and we're, we're headed that way, I think. So
2: Rule addressed Kent's email. It's like uh, Kent knew. <laughs> but to be honest, they – they needed to be better in some areas. He he owned that, and uh, he likes kind of where they're headed from a from a physicality and a, and a look standpoint. But yeah, that's that's the key, fellas. Too is uh, is is being prepared in those tight situations Let's sneak in uh, the mental approach here. And Reese asks Rule about, all right, dude. It's it's a lot of close losses. How do you deal with that? Uh, what does it take?
4: I mean, you the confidence there because if you look back. This past season, you guys had a number of one possession losses, and certainly the previous tenure, it was well-documented. The difficulty Nebraska had getting over the hump in games. How do you approach that from a mental standpoint with your
5: team that when the time comes, do they expect to win? Do they believe they can make the play to win? You know, um, it's, it's, it's really funny. It's the number one job I have to do, right? And um, – I said this. I had a uh, radio thing yesterday. I said this, so forgive me for repeating it. But I really believe this. Like when we had those close losses, you know, and it's it's five game, uh, you know, five games by either a field goal or an overtime. When we had those close losses, maybe on the last drive. For me, it was like painful. I, I love those kids that were seniors. I wanted them to win, but I was like, man, we're so close. We'll go. We'll get a little bit better. We'll trade harder. We'll chase those three points, and then. We'll come back next year and, and we'll win a lot of we'll, a lot of close losses will become close wins and then eventually close wins become big wins. So for me, it's like this unbelievably positive. Look how close we are in year one for a lot of people here. It's man. It's like five or six years of that. Well, I wasn't here for those five or six years, so I don't feel that I don't think that I won't speak that into existence. But that's kind of become the, the narrative. And my thing is, just like when you win the championship, you don't carry that over to the next year neither does losing. Mm-hmm. I do understand, though, that a lot of our guys, when they get into the moment, man, they're thinking about what if, like, what if this happens instead of actually focusing on what is actually happening. And that's the fun part as a coach. You know, when you have good players that you believe in, helping give them the gift of belief, give them the gift of confidence. You know, we can't make people confident by saying you're a great player. It'll always work out. Sometimes it doesn't work out, but I can hopefully train them and coach them and put them in enough situations to inoculate them to when they get to the moment. All I want to see us do is when the game is on the line, I want to see our guys rip it and go play. And so it's one thing for me to do it. I do believe like one or two great players can bring that to a team, right? Like you're out there and you're in the Super Bowl and you're playing with Patrick Mahomes. Like you're like, man, I'm going to let it rip because if, if if I make a mistake, Patrick's probably going to make me right. And that kind of starts to grow and then it takes off. So that's my number one job is to help our team get into those moments and anticipate winning, not anticipating, oh, here we go again.
3: And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio.
2: One final time, we'll have some more comments from Matt Rule tomorrow with his podcast on the College Game Day Pod. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clock, Connor Clark. It's Hale Varsity. Connor um, Clock.
3: Uh, listen, <laughs> uh, Ted.
2: Emails in when we talk about a word for rule or the word that comes to mind about Nebraska: confidence is a word there you go brandon says honesty stability uh there you go humility uh tim checks in when we talk about progress and if that's a thing or not if you saw it (laughs) tim's like frost is out rule is in that equals progress Uh, this kind of stems from email in from kent about uh nebraska and uh, just the 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 management you heard rule Touch on how bad he was his first two games. His words. I did. He said, I did a bad job in this podcast, my first couple of road games. Boulder and Minneapolis. Uh, 489-1240 to get in. 489-1240. Big thanks to Brandon Vogel from Counter-Read. can uh, check out his work and the podcast as well with Hale Varsity. Uh, his segment today. Also, Gary Barnett, uh, Coach Barney, Colorado and Northwestern. Good to get his perspective on just scheduling and how the Big Ten sets itself up uh, in the future for uh, playoff options, playoff choices, and, oh, yeah, uh, also those helmet games you want to see. A quick reminder, uh, is there a stream comment? Yeah, <laughs> yeah there is.
3: Is it from uh, crew, crew, maybe?
2: It's cr- crew's yeah. in Cabo, right?
0: Yeah, this <laughs> most recent one is not – they're, they're, apparently, wow. you said earlier,
3: they're going whale watching. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no.
2: Connor... Uh, Elijah, that crew has a whole different...
3: I, I don't even think we can... This, is, no, this no. ties this episode together, back <laughs> yeah, it, to kind of what we were talking about uh, in, in hour one. Yeah,
0: it does a little bit. Hey, r- 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 write the joke at home. Imagine you're going whale watching. What joke would you go for at home? Read in between the
2: lines. Right. That is the uh-huh. joke
3: that Do some created. investigative journalism.
2: Meanwhile, buckle up. Uh, your friends at NDOT say to do it, use your seatbelt. It saves lives. It prevents injuries only if properly worn. Make it click. This message from the NDOT... Highway Safety Office. I imagine crew has to buckle in when he's about to go whale watching. Uh, Oh,
5: that's good. Crew, you just
2: survive Mexico. If you need bail money, or you're going to be on locked up abroad, tell us and we'll watch. What are you guys doing tonight? Anything? Watch. I
3: I got schoolwork to do, unfortunately, but
2: pretty chill.
0: Go to the gym and see if I can have better results.
2: When when it comes to, f- to finding uh, someone to get to go have a drink with afterwards?
0: No, uh, it's squat night. I got uh, I got I got to do a little better uh, there. Got to throw some more weight on the bar. Okay. Yeah, come on now. I thought you were talking about. You I, know, I can come Valentine's yell at you. I was, but as soon as he asked me point blank, I folded.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I can come yell at you and, and you know try and motivate you a little bit mm-hmm. if that would help. I mean, There's this,
0: cool. this one guy coming recently that just loudly raps along to whatever songs are in his headphones. That's been all the motivation mm. I need recently. Oh,
2: Junior bad. got some some of those Apple wireless, the new steel, stainless steel deals mm. he thought were, were fake. They're not. They just suck. But, yeah, he was not <laughs> happy with them, but he used my credit card un- unbeknownst to me that started the, <laughs> oh, I've been popped for fraud. No, my kid just uh, used the card without telling me, so...
0: I recently have been listening to audiobooks in the gym. I finished Lord of the Rings. I just finished Casino Royale as well last Ooh, night. So Who, we'll who see. narrated? Uh, I don't even know. Some,
2: right. some guy. Four o'clock tomorrow. <laughs> Back with you then. Thanks for tuning in.